Hello and welcome to Automators, the automation podcast about doing all the things, but automatically, at least that's the goal. My name is Rosemary Orchard and I'm joined as always by David Sparks. Hey David, how are you? Great, Rose. Happy to be here talking about automation. We've got a guest today. Welcome back to the show, Mike Hurley. Oh, I'm so happy to be here again. Thank you for having me. Well, this is a special one. This is a special mm-hmm. one. So, so Mike has recently purchased a new home and... Uh, you had been kind of holding off on automation and we've been privately talking about it. And we decided that we needed a, a home automation uh, intervention with Mike uh, yep. to talk about how we built his home kit from scratch at his new house. And, uh, and I know you're actually kind of looking forward to it, Mike, right? Yeah. I, so kind of to lay the land of where I am right now, we moved uh, at the end of last year and we're very much in the, getting things finished we've got some like work in a bathroom to do and then we're going to start decorating and once we're in the decorating phase the full-on decorating phase um i'm going to be installing more home kit stuff uh, i have a selection of items at the moment which i'm sure we'll go through today but mm-hmm. i'm looking for inspiration uh, i'm especially looking rose for some uk focused inspiration Yep. Because there are some types of products that we cannot get. So I'm looking to your uh, expertise. I did listen recently back to all, all of the old home automation episodes I could find of the show. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, hope, but I'm hoping there might be some some uh, updates maybe we'll find out throughout the course oh, of yeah. today's episode. Yeah. Great. Oh, I also like to say just to just to lay to lay the uh, also like a, a a ground rule here with you two right uh-oh no home assistant home no kit home only. i'm not doing it all right it's it's home yeah. kit only and if, we're gonna get to why on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're gonna get to why on that because i have home assistant and everything is still in the home app but yeah there there are good reasons for both so we'll, we'll definitely get around to talking mm-hmm. about that and the good news is is there have been so many new home kit products coming out all the time that there are going to be, you know, versions of something for for you, even if it's not exactly the same as, you know, the things that maybe David talks about with the Lutron Caseta. That's one that springs to mind is definitely not available over here in the UK. But there's uh, plenty that we can talk about. I feel like on that spectrum of home assistant to home kit, I'm like, we're like the three bears and I'm in the direct center of the two of you. <laughs> so... <laughs> We, we can talk about that if you want, but the, uh, yeah, that's you're the cool. Goldilocks of home automation. Yeah, there you yeah. go, there you go. But what is your experience with it, Mike? I, I, I mean, when we first talked, I got the impression you really don't have a lot of history with doing home automation stuff. No, I have been in the most basic kind of uh, home automation really over the years. Um, you know, like everybody, I got an Amazon Echo at one point. Uh, That is still an important part of our home system because my wife is used to doing that and wants to continue using uh, the Amazon Echo that we have. Um, But really, for her, that's just to control the lights in the house, which is fine because we've been very much on the Philips Hue train. And that's kind of really been the maximum for me. Um, I've had Philips Hue Mm. lights and some lamps um, and also down the uh, road, I picked up a couple of those Meros um, power strips, which are just like one of the best smart home products I've ever come across. So simple, works so well. And it's just, you've got like four power adapters and some USB on a strip and you can turn them all on or off or you can break them up and put them on individual time, like uh, uh, automations and stuff like that. And so really that's kind of been it for us. It's just lights and some basic power stuff 
this stuff is harder and more time consuming to implement than we give credit for on the show. Like even me, I've got now a room that I control. You know, I've got this little studio I built out. So I no longer have the excuse that I have to make something that will work for my wife. And I could like go nuts in here. And it's taken me a while to kind of get it. And it's still not exactly the way I want it. I do think home automation is kind of an evolution. And the other thing I would ask is how are do you like keep up with it, Mike? I mean, are you like somebody who follows the, you know, the latest updates with you know, like all the changes in the underlying architecture that Apple has, or, or is this something, are you more kind of like at the consumer level of this stuff at this point? I would say it's probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, I keep up with it a little bit more than I, uh, I quite a bit more than I used to actually. Like I've, I follow a couple of like home kit YouTubers now, which is the thing that I wasn't doing yeah. until we moved because I wanted to kind of like build up my knowledge like Shane Watley who I think you had a Mac Power users yeah Shane's before, great right? yeah he's um, great uh, Shane's my favorite like I think he does a really good job of like breaking it down nice and simply um, and is also uh, basically all HomeKit focused um, and then I also follow Automate Your Life which is a, another YouTuber and then there is I think HomeKit Authority which I believe is UK based. Yeah, HomeKit Authority. They're like the three the three YouTube channels that I follow. HomeKit Authority is UK based. So I can get a kind of like a broad spectrum of, of what's going on. And, you know, I don't watch all of their videos, but if they've got a video on something, like a particular type of home automation that I'm interested in, I'll watch them. Oh, and also, um, oh, who was it? that Eric Wielander. Yeah, as well. good one. He, yeah. He'd stopped posting for a while and then returned. And so uh, Eric's, Eric, I really like his socks too. So Yeah, those are those are all good folks who've got a lot of stuff. And I, I kind of like that you're going into this with limitations on what you're willing to do because mm-hmm. that kind of gives you a, a framework to work in. And like mm-hmm. when you're buying hardware and things like that. Now, have you kept up with all the stuff with Matter? Is that a thing that's on your radar? Yeah, I, I actually got really excited about Matter. And I still it still clearly has a ways to go, right? I think yeah. that, uh, I don't think I've read about any matter rollout that didn't have some kind of problem so far uh, or some kind of delay. And to be honest, I think that's fine for me with, I think what matter is ultimately going to do because, it, you know, as I'm sure this is this show, no, it being kind of built realistically on on Apple's home spec means that there will just continue to be more products that are available in the home app than there ever were before just just yeah. because they support matter. So I am pleased about that um, kind of going into the future. I haven't had to and have no intention to like change or upgrade any of my existing devices to do matter. Like I have some Akara devices. We'll get into that later on. I'm mm-hmm. not planning on doing the matter migration because I just use them in home. But I do feel like going into the not too distant future more and more products will start to come on the market that will be great for me because i want to be all home focused yeah um and i think now actually might be a a good time to to dig into that a little bit because you know you you have your ground rules of it has to be in in home care which is fine um but um why are why are you not interested in HomeBridge and Home Assistant, especially when they could allow something to be in both HomeKit and available on the Echo ecosystem, which, you know, would be useful for Adina. 
Well, does the, the echo thing is only ever really going to be able to control the lights. That's kind of like the the limit that we're putting on it. Because plus right. as well, I'm hoping to try and continue moving. I want to continue down the path of let's get rid of this. So I don't want to make the echo too attractive as a prospect. Right? Yeah, don't, don't, give, yeah, don't give it move. more superpowers. Yeah, less. I don't want to do that. Um, especially because my hope is that Apple will bring some kind of device to the market that will have a screen. Like we use the Echo Show, and I would like to be able to replace the Amazon Echo Show that we have with some kind of HomeKit product like that. Mm-hmm. But for me, I've had some experience with Homebridge. I ran Homebridge here at my studio, and just all of a sudden one day, the server clock reset itself and hosed the entire thing. Yeah, I don't know why that happened, but the, this is kind of the thing that I do not want to deal with, right? Especially because this is my home. I want to be able to set up lots of home automation stuff and hot, smart home products around the home. I don't want to have to give myself debugging, and I don't want to have to get myself into a situation where a firmware updated and now it's not supported. And now, you know, I just don't, I want to be able to stay as kind of like vanilla as possible. And I think that home will allow me to do that. That's fair enough. I found for me, like the the reason why I have home assistant in my life now is because when HomeKit doesn't do something that you expect, you're just sitting in the dark, mm. possibly quite literally, or mm-hmm. at, in my case, three o'clock in the morning in the light, because it turned all the lights on. I turned them off and it turned them on again. I turned them off and it turned them on again. Turned out it was a bug with the location stuff. um, And it kept assuming that I was coming home because, um, and this happened again recently, actually. My iPhone um, GPS just went haywire um, and it just bounced Mm. me in and out and in and out and in and out. And because it's HomeKit, I just couldn't see anything. But in Home Assistant, I have the logs, which is one of the reasons why I've ended up using it and sharing the things into Home that I want to be able to control either using Siri or the control center. Yeah, and I can empathize with that a little bit because like at the moment, I have a scene set up, like a good night scene. And I press the button and everything works as I expect, but it says failed every time. And I don't know what's failing because it all seems to be working. And so, uh, but there's no way for me to get that information from the home app. So like I see that part for sure. I do think Home Assistant has a certain degree of fiddliness to it, uh, but it definitely gives you more information and more power. You know, like the, um, mm-hmm. the one I talked about on a recent show is like, I have a hearing problem where the alarm on the refrigerator door matches the frequency of my my tinnitus, so I can't hear it go off. And now, like, I can turn lights on in the house red and do things when that alarm goes off with with Home Assistant, where I was unable to do that reliably with with HomeKit. But as you're getting started in this stuff, I still think you're doing it right. I think mastering HomeKit and just making that work for you well, mm. and mm. just waiting until you start to see where you're hitting a ceiling, you know, just use HomeKit and see how far it gets you. And I think for a lot of people, HomeKit is going to be far enough. The answer will be far enough. Now, Rosemary is, you know, you're an Uber automator. I mean, you make a podcast about it and, and Mm -hmm. of course you're going to want to take it to the next level. I want to take the next level too, not as far as you do probably, but I'm always interested in, in the limits of my technology. So you know, I'm I'm a home assistant. I, I have one. I play with it. But I think getting started in this stuff, you probably shouldn't go to that level immediately. I think uh, getting some switches and some lights and some things that work with HomeKit and seeing how those work for you uh, is a great way to start. And then when you start to be frustrated either by 
inherent problems with HomeKit or limitations, then you can start exploring. And and the one point I would make is Home Assistant is not um, HomeBridge. Home Assistant is way more user friendly than HomeBridge okay. is in my okay. in my experience. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think we are going to the the hard bed immediately. So let's start with <laughs> the soft one. <laughs> Well, yeah. And I think I think one of the first things that we should talk about, actually, Mike, is that failing scene that you've got, because, you know, figuring out what's wrong in HomeKit is really a, 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 an awkward puzzle to solve um, at, at any time, to be clear. Um, but there is a, a great app called HomeLock by Aaron Pierce. Um, and I don't know if you've run into any of his other apps before, like oh, HomePass and them. stuff. This is the yeah, only one exactly. I'm not using. <laughs> well, this is the one that you need because uh, this can right. try to log HomeKit stuff. Now, there are some, some limitations, like on iOS, the app has to actively be open and running. Um, so like you'll have to trigger it from another iOS device and then okay. like watch the one that you're running the log on. But if you're uh, if you're on the Mac, um, then you can just, you know, run run home log on the Mac and, and yeah. then go and check afterwards. And that, fingers crossed, will tell you um, what the problem is with this scene. Wonderful. Um, and it might be that you just need to delete it and recreate it, which is frustrating and weird. And sometimes HomeKit needs that. Um, but home log is definitely going to be, you know, a great tool in your arsenal to help why is this thing not happening or failing or doing something when it when I didn't think it should be? Great. That's a fantastic tip. Thank you. I have downloaded it already because I use <laughs> one of the things I set myself as like a goal um, when I set, started setting up the new home products because I do have now more products than I had in our old apartment. Uh, I was like, all right, everything's going in HomePass, right? Which is the app that lets you store all of the codes uh, in case you need to like re-add something to HomeKit, but it's stuck behind a wardrobe or something. So exactly. everything's going in there. So that, you know, that's been good so far. But yeah, I, I hadn't I I saw Home Log and like couldn't work out what I would need it for. And I didn't mm-hmm. put two and two together with the issue that I'm having. So yeah, I'm gonna give this one a go today actually and see if I can work it out. Well, I'll I'll cross my fingers for you because uh it it would be really good to nail down the problem because I think that's the thing where um you know home automation doesn't work for for a lot mm. of people because part of the problem is they're not necessarily automating they're giving themselves the ability to talk to a speaker instead of press a button but mm-hmm. what you're used to doing is pressing the button mm-hmm. um so it's more frustrating to talk to a speaker to do the thing instead um and the other thing is it doesn't work and you don't know why mm-hmm. um and so solving solving those problems is definitely the key to good home automation and a shocking amount of time in HomeKit, the solution is just to delete it and recreate it and mm-hmm. yeah, it yeah, is yeah. Uh, a little disturbing how often that fixes it. That's just computers, though. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I always joke, Stephen, about he has to watch the IT crowd, you know, on MP. In uh-huh. fact, now, now I have a thing with him. The next time it comes up on the show, if he hasn't watched it, he has to pay $100 to St. Jude. But <laughs> he's not going to watch it just to give them the money, to be clear, because this is Stephen. <laughs> the whole theme of the show is like, have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> yeah, off and on again. <laughs> yep. So uh, there is one other uh, thing that I wanted to note uh, before, um, you know, we we dive too much into HomeKit and, and all the cool things. And that is um, backing up HomeKit. And so that when you have to like delete stuff and then make it again, you can do that more easily. And that is, uh, there's there's a couple of apps that do this. The one that I use for this is Controller for HomeKit okay. um, because it allows you to create advanced home automations, but it can also back up your HomeKit and then restore it. 
And this can be really useful if, for example, um, you have, I don't know, say you have a, a white light bulb in um, your hallway and you decide that actually you want a white ambient light bulb. So you replace the light bulb, but then you need to hook it into all the automations that you already had. Well, you can actually like, you know, restore or backup and actually say, no, like this, this bulb is now this thing over here, like swap those in, please. Mm. And it will do that for you. Okay. Um, cool. And so it's it's a very useful little uh, tool for that. Um, so I'll, I'll make sure a link for that one is in the show notes as well. Um, because, uh, yeah, like th- there's a lot that you can do with HomeKit. Uh, so I think uh, I think folks will really enjoy those links. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Electric. Go to electric.ai slash automators and unbury yourself from IT tasks and get a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a meeting. When you think of the phrase boss move, you might think of making a bold business decision or maybe giving a great presentation in front of a big crowd. But the reality is sometimes being a boss in a small business means sorting out the orange juice you just spilled on your own keyboard or helping a staff member with setting up their new laptop. The team over at Electric knows small businesses maybe like yours face these challenges and That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. So instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at and grow your business. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. Look, you're listening to this show You know about automation, you know about IT, you can do a lot of this stuff for your team, but you shouldn't be doing it for your team because if you want to make the business go to the next level, you need to be working on the business, not the IT. I've been caught in that trap myself and Electric can help you get out of it today. For Automators listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to Electric. Dot AI slash automators, A U T O M A T O R S. That's electric.ai slash automators. Go there now and get your free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a qualified meeting. And our thanks to Electric for their support of the automators. Okay, Mike, so you've already bought some gear. What, what have you got on your desk now? All right, so the one of the main things for me was uh, an an alarm system of some type. Uh, we had previously been using a product that I don't think many people will remember. It was called the Canary. Do you remember this? Yep. Yep. We'd used that thing forever. Loved it. But I was like, there were two things that happened. Is like one, I think it's time to upgrade to something new. Um, because I also wanted to have more than just the one camera. It was like an all-in-one camera alarm, you know, solution thing. But also, because <laughs> we moved, we needed to change, uh, we needed to get it back on the new Wi-Fi. And uh, it wasn't working, so I had to reset it. And the way that you do it in the app is by plugging in. They had like a 3.5 like millimeter headphone jack cable, which you plug into your phone and then a, to a mini oh USB into the back of the phone. And that was how it did like firmware updates. So, and well, it's like, I, there are, I need like four dongles to make this work. So there's like, this little guy is going to be retired. Plus I'd been doing some research anyway. Um, and I went with uh, the alarm system made by Abode. Yep. Are, you, are you familiar with them? Yeah. Yeah. 
Because what I was looking for was a couple of things that they offered. Um, we have their kind of they they have a couple of products. They have like an all in one camera, and then they have like a alarm system product. Um, and we used we got the alarm system product, um, which has the ability to tie in a bunch of sensors. Uh, not all, but a lot of their sensor products can then just be seen in HomeKit, which I liked. Um, but the main thing was I wanted something which was visible in HomeKit so it could have some automations attached to it if that's something I wanted to do in the future. But also I wanted a home monitoring. So I, I wanted to have both because I know I could have gone down the route with kind of building my own system, right? Like there are, you know, I, I you could go, I guess, like a car. I have a bunch of stuff. But I also wanted a, okay, if we don't answer this notification, someone's going to call us. And if we don't answer, someone's calling the police. Like I wanted that part. Like yeah. we had that with Canary. Um, and so I, that was what, after doing a bunch of research, I settled on Abode for that. And I've been, I would say, pretty happy with my experience with them so far. Um, I had a couple of little issues at the beginning that they resolved for me. The support team was very helpful because um, it mm -hmm. also has battery and cell backup, which was also something that I wanted. Because uh, I have a ring system at my studio, and I really like that. Like, I've lost internet multiple times in the studio, and it just connects to a LTE backup. And it's like, oh, this is really good. So, like, I wanted to have that at home. That wasn't working for me initially, but they got it fixed. Um, and I've been, yeah, I've been rid their, their door and window sensors are pretty simple and nice, and they speak to HomeKit. Um, their cameras only work in the app the abode app but i'm kind of fine with that um i like that we would have maybe one or two abode cameras so that the abode people could see them and then we would also we're also i'm also thinking of having some other cameras in the home that would just be in home kit so i kind of would have this two-tiered system of like this is for break-ins and this is just to check everything's okay in the house kind of thing yeah um as yeah. my tiers so I do actually want some recommendations from you both on cameras. I know that that question today is more loaded than it was in the past because yeah, like, sure. I think everyone's <laughs> previous recommendation is like, we don't know. So I mean, I think it really depends because I'm personally still fairly happy to recommend Eufy as long as you're using a HomeKit secure video yeah. one um, because um, those notifications that get sent to you with a snapshot and so on, that's being done then by Apple and the Apple HomeKit secure right. video system um, rather than the Eufy app and Eufy's um, stuff, which um, I like. this is one of the things where to me as a developer, it was fairly obvious that that image, the still was being sent from like a server because it's really difficult to point to an image that's stored on a home network from you know elsewhere in the world when IP addresses are constantly changing and stuff. Um, but with that not really being um, you know the the point, it you know if you're using HomeKit secure video, anything as long as you trust Apple is going to be fine. Right. Okay. Um, the trick is to to stick with the HomeKit secure video stuff. Great. And I have to say, like the Eufy stuff, because it goes on sale so often, you can pick it up quite cheaply and like give it a try. And especially if you buy it from Amazon with the 30-day return policy, if you if it turns out you do hate it, then you can return it and try and get something else. Um, but I mean, I don't really have any experience with any other indoor cameras. Yeah, I was really impressed by the Eufy stuff when uh, yeah. I visited Endor Studios uh, late last year. And <laughs> yeah. Dave had the cameras that like move. 
the pan yeah, and tilt yeah. ones. And I was, yeah, so that's I what bought I've got. one, but I never set it up because I bought it and then everything exploded. And then I wasn't sure if I should be using them anymore. Yeah. The trick is just set it up in, in HomeKit. Okay. Like you don't need the UFI app. Don't bother with I don't the UFI app. The UFI app. Um, like I always just wanted it to just be in HomeKit. That was kind of all I was looking for because they're more for like, just a quick snapshot of how's the home is kind of what I'm thinking of there. All right, so that's that's what I'll go with that. And just to I guess update my Eufy situation is I have my Eufy cameras connected to HomeKit that are indoor facing that are not boy with a place called Indoor Studios that's confusing that they're inside the house in the home facing. It, yeah, <laughs> those are all in Apple HomeKit, so Eufy never sees those. And theoretically, they don't see the other ones too. But I have several outdoor ones. I have some of their floodlight cams and the doorbell cam, and that is on a going to local storage using that Eufy mm-hmm. system. Um, yeah, as uh, an update, I mean, I feel like uh, you know the old saying: never attribute to malice what can be attributed to incompetence. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that, I mean, I'm not on the inside, so I don't know for sure, but that really seems to be the story of what happened with Yufi, that they made some mistakes and then they aggravated the problem by reacting and denying it when they shouldn't have. But they mm-hmm. have publicly stated that they're having third parties audit their systems now and blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I don't like the idea of my cameras going to anybody's cloud except Apple's. So I don't use any system. Like even like the abode system, I'm tempted because I don't have an alarm system. But again, it's like, do I really want other people to be able to see the footage inside my house? I don't know. You know, I mean, you don't have to have cameras with them. Like you can have the security monitoring with door sensors. So if the door mm. sensor got tripped, that I believe that would be enough. I don't I don't know. Maybe they do require you to have a camera so they can check, but I haven't seen that anywhere. But but the, the, to finish the story with Eufy, so I I haven't changed them out. But you know the the ones inside are all connected to HomeKit, and the ones outside. In fact, my HomeKit cameras and Mike, you may want to do this. HomeKit's got a great setting that says only turn the cameras on when you leave the house. Yeah. So I yeah. don't, my cameras don't record except when I leave the house. So, uh, and they're, they're actually not, they're not even looking except when I leave the house. Oh, I do also have, I have that, I completely forgot about it. I have an Akara camera hub, the G2H, because yeah. I wanted to get oh, yeah. a hub and camera, and I have it set that way. So it's just pointing at the back door right now because I don't know where to put it. Like eventually we'll find its own home, but yeah. it is set to like this only comes on when we leave. And I found that, that uh, Apple's geofence is more reliable than, um, not reliable, is like smaller than the abode geofence because I have that to set and unset on a geofence too. But that that mm-hmm. radius is a little wider, but it doesn't really make a difference. They're not massively different, but I've been pretty happy with the Akara hub camera because i needed a hub anyway and so i figured well why not also make it a camera yeah exactly yeah and that's definitely a good option did you look at any other vendors when you decided on a boat or i mean what led you to them to begin with i mean really it was about the the home kit support and i didn't find any home kit kind of focused product that had the monitoring other than them. There were like other HomeKit products that didn't have the monitoring or there were other products that had even greater features and better monitoring 
but they weren't in HomeKit. And so it was kind of really was like, this one will do for what I'm looking for. I watched a bunch of reviews online and they were good to okay. And to be honest, that's all I would ever really expect from a product like this. Like I'm never mm-hmm. expecting it to like blow my mind. And honestly, neither do I want it to. Like I, I want it to be pretty simple in its feature set. Um, and, and that works out great for me, you know, and they had all of the things I was looking for. They have, um, they also do their own flood sense, like uh, leak sensors, although I have the Akara one, which I prefer, but I tried one of the ones that Abode does, but they also, you know, they have their own door and window sensors. They have vibration sensors. Um, they have keypads and font, but they, they felt like they had a very wide range of products. Um, and they've actually added a wireless doorbell which I I've ha- I bought but haven't been able to get to work great yet because I want to put the we have like a front garden with a like a high gate and I want to put the doorbell on the gate and I've right. yet to find something to give me a strong enough internet connection so like I'm that's like a long term project because what I really want is a HomeKit doorbell which I think there are some products coming to the market soon I think Akara has one. And I'm I'm kind of like so the the abode one I have it but I'm not going to do any big work until I can maybe also try and get this Akara one as well because I want I want I want that to be in HomeKit ideally. Yeah, I'm equally annoyed with Ufi on the doorbell because yeah. they when I bought it they I think they had even said they were bringing HomeKit to it and they never did. But at the same time, I've now had a doorbell cam for three years that I use all the time, so it's yeah. it's kind of nice. Um, the um, but it is interesting because I, I feel like that's something Rose and I haven't really explored too much on the show is the security system uh, automation angles. I mean, like uh, you can with the Akara stuff, they have uh, speakers in some of their hubs where mm-hmm. you can turn that effectively into an alarm system. But mm-hmm. I haven't explored, and I don't know if you have, Rose, like the um, the monitoring connected systems like this. So I haven't looked into this just because I live in a flat um, and uh, should any of this stuff go wrong, uh, I have five neighbors in my building. He would not be happy with that. Yeah. Uh, And then like there are 40 flats here. So there will probably be like 39 other flats that would really not be happy with it. Plus neighboring houses. 100% accidentally set off the alarm on day two of having the system. So like, and it's super loud. It's very, very loud. At least I know it works and I know how loud it is. Um, and I will say, you know, I feel like especially for for our audience, there is, you know, uh, an inherent security part to this. Like someone is going to be able to see into your home like that is and you live yourself open to that. Right. Like, yeah, I'm aware of this and I'm OK enough with it, you know, because I I'm, I personally want that trade off for the worst kind of situation for me, which is that we are on vacation, someone breaks into my home. Like, so I'm willing to take that, that potential risk, right. For the security that it could provide me in the opposite direction. So. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. And like, I do have uh, a bunch of security stuff and, you know, should somebody break in, there'll be photos which are emailed to me and my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, they, they get stored in Dropbox and a bunch of other places. So, you know, there, there is stuff that happens. Um, but also like the only thing that happens should somebody break in is that the lights won't turn on. Like, and, and that's, that's basically it because I do have, um, I have a, a doorbell, 
chime, which is also a siren and so on. It can do things like that. But I realized that, you know, quite frankly, my my better investment in in time and, and money was actually smart locks that will lock and definitely be locked because most people are, you know, if, if somebody's going to break in and steal something, it's because there's an opportunity to do it and it's easy, not because they've been staking my place out and planning it for months. Um, you know, like it, it, it's just statistically unlikely, especially where I live. Um, so yeah, I went, I went with the, the different approach of the, the lock will automatically lock when I close the door so that I don't have to worry about, you know, did I accidentally leave the, the door unlocked again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these abode systems aren't super expensive. I'm looking now, you can, like, if you go, you get a 50% off if you go and buy the first day. And then you're looking at around $250 or so for an average system. And the monitoring. Yeah, and I got some of their stuff on a good Black Friday deal too. But I think yeah. even just generally, it's, you know, and I would say I've used this for a few months. Like, I wouldn't give it like a full throated recommendation. But so far, I've been very happy. I found it to be reliable. Um, it's doing all of the things that I would expect it to, and I've yet to hit something unexpected. You know, as you tend to with these yeah. kinds of things, like it has been not any problem for me, which is kind of what I'm looking for in a product like this. Yeah, and the monitoring's two hundred and twenty U.S. dollars a year. If you're in the U.S., I don't know what it costs elsewhere, and that's with the twenty four seven professional monitoring. So, mm-hmm. I mean that. I mean, we used to have a, a home security system we paid a lot more than that for. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Over here in the UK, they've got two plans. It's $7.99 for the standard plan or $13.99 for the pro plan. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the uh, standard plan doesn't actually have a, uh, actually neither of them have got contracts required, but the pro plan is the one that comes with the 4G cellular backup. Yeah. So uh, that's, yeah. But, I think hey, they are US, break. UK only right now. I think that's where they own the places that they operate. Well, that's one of the things that always concerns me about my home security is that our junction box is on the outside. So all my cool stuff here is great. But if somebody just went and threw all the fuses before they came in, uh, we none of it would work. You know? Exactly. So like that was like a big thing for me with getting the backup that it provides both battery and cell. Like so what literal worst comes to worst which is like someone who knows what they're doing right yeah yeah <laughs> would do that uh means that I, I still want protected because it's still connected to all of the door sensors like yes the camera wouldn't work in that scenario but if all the power's gone and one of the door sensors trigger i feel pretty confident that i know what's going on yeah that's a good combination if somebody really knows what they're doing and breaks into your place um you know like you probably have bigger concerns and will have mm-hmm. like a home security team as well as a home security system. Yeah. And outside that, for me, it's currently just a bunch of Hue lights, uh, some sensors. I bought, like, the uh, listening to you two, I went all in on Akara for sensor stuff. Like, yeah. I, got the, I got the leak sensors. I got temperature humidity sensor for every room. Um, I got the air quality sensor that they do. Um, I bought the EVE air quality sensor and the Akara air quality sensor. The Akara one, vastly superior, I think. Yeah. Just nicer looking, more responsive. Um, and the Eve one, I think I had to reset it three times like just to get it to work. I, I didn't even know what was going on with that thing. Um, plus the price difference, like huge. Um, so I, I went with that. And then I also have uh, a selection of the Miros plug things kind of like all over the home. 
Um, and also, uh, I don't really count this in the home automation, but it is smart home. Uh, we're all in on Sonos in our household for for music. Is that just directly Sonos, or do you have any of the uh, Symphonisk speakers from IKEA dotted in there as well? Just Sonos right now. Um, but I'm looking at some of the Symphonisk stuff because uh, we're looking to get some lamps. I was like, well, maybe I'll just in the guest room. I'll put one of those lamps in. So yeah, but yeah, I, I haven't I haven't looked too deeply at those yet. But I know that. I know that's very popular for for good reason because it's a good way to bring uh, more affordable Sonos products into the home. Yeah, yeah. Like I have the um, I don't have anywhere in my hallway really where I can put a speaker. Um, so I have the picture frame in my hallway, mm. uh, which works out really well because it can also play like doorbell chimes and stuff like that, and yeah. it's a nice central place. So yeah. This episode of Automators is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you've got access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Whenever I've been looking for a new job or been part of a team searching for someone, I've known that it's really difficult to find out what it is you need to know about the candidate. And even something as simple as a CV isn't simple because if a recruiter's involved, they've probably rewritten it. So it's great to actually see what the person's written about themselves. It's so quick to create a free job post for LinkedIn, it literally just takes minutes. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Meaning you can be sure to finish the year strong with the right team member on board. It's why small business rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash automators. That's linkedin.com slash automators to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So, Mike, you mentioned you came on here because you want recommendations. Yes. What, are you, what, what holes are you looking to fill in the home automation land at the moment? All right. The biggest one, Rose, this is directly for you. All right. Light switches. So lightwave. You don't like my American light switches? What's wrong? (laughs) I've wished, I've wished I could go in on Lutron. Like, I think their products are fantastic. They're only getting better over time. Their newer switches are even more awesome. But there is like, there seems to be a way to get a very basic version of Caseta here, but it's incredibly expensive and can only be installed by professionals. Um, so yeah, I wanted to like Lightwave. I know is the the, the company here, Rose, and I've I've heard you spoke about them on future mm-hmm. uh, uh, on previous episodes. But I, in looking around online, I've seen some mixed reviews. Like, what are you running their products, and w- what ones are you using? How do you like them? That kind of thing. Well, so what I've actually done for most of my light switches, as full disclosure, is I bought light switch covers off Amazon um, that cover the whole light switch and I just put Hue remotes in there because Mm -hmm. my lights I don't press buttons I walk into a room and it lights up automatically you know depending on time of day light levels etc and so for me a lot of the time just you know a standard um, like Hue button in there just in case I need different lighting is fine Um, and I did actually buy a Lightwave light switch and I have to say 
I really liked it, apart from one fairly significant flaw for my kitchen light, which was my kitchen light is not dimmable and the light wave uh, light switches uh, need dimmable lights yep. because otherwise they flicker. Yep. Um, so if I hadn't literally just like a week before replaced um, my uh, kitchen light, then I would have uh, stuck with the light wave and just upgraded the kitchen light because it would be quite useful to be able to dim that. Um, but as it is, what I ended up doing in the kitchen was I actually went to Akara, who we've already talked about today, because Akara have light switches um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, um, so my my kitchen light is just a standard on-off light, um, and it doesn't have a neutral, um, unless your, your, your place is very new, it probably won't. Um, I got the Akara H1 no neutral light switch, which is a bounce switch. So you press it and it turns it on or turns it off depending on, mm-hmm. um, you know, what 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 it currently is statewide. Um, but that is what worked really well for me. Um, and, you know, I really like that um, as a light switch. Um, now, my parents have been looking at getting um, some some smart light switches because they are Finally coming on to the, ah, but we can do both press buttons and have smart controls. And then when we get home, lights will turn on and we won't have to come in through the uh, through the front door in the dark. Um, and so they are looking at a combination of the Akara stuff and the Lightwave stuff. Akara, because um, we've already got Akara stuff set up for them. And Lightwave, because they are also thinking, well, you know, maybe, maybe now's the time to get dimmable lights um, that we can just turn on and off. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on what kind of light switches you want, but both, um, Akara and Lightwave, mm. of course, are HomeKit compatible. So whichever you get, yeah. you'll be able to turn lights on and off with HomeKit. I think Lightwave is going to be where we end up going because we, we're going to continue having Hue in lamps, but we have, you know, like, like many homes in the UK, I guess like homes all over, we have just have like tons of spotlight bulbs and it's like, I'm yeah. not going to put... Uh, one bulb you in bulbs each. and all of those yeah uh yeah. because i i like to be able to feed my family as well as uh what? you don't want to spend yeah 30 pounds per bulb on 17 yeah. bulbs in the kitchen no and also we have a like a, our downstairs it's just like a large downstairs area and it has like three lighting zones um mm-hmm. and i know that uh lightwave have like switches like that where you have like three kind of zones for them yeah so yeah this this is what i guess i i will do for me i am they do offers i will have somebody come and install them uh, yeah they have I that as an option with that just yeah. because as well like i would i want to do all of the light switches in the house with these yeah. and so i figure i can have someone come in one day and change like i don't know like 20 10 i don't know how many there are in my house to be honest i feel like this is a thing that i know i will do the counting and be sad about how many i have to buy uh but it's just something i figure i just want to get someone to come in and do it all because i want to be able to have control of the standard lights by voice but also with automations as well like for example we have like a little entryway and i want to be able to have a little um uh, motion detector in the in that little entryway to just turn on the light whenever we're coming in and out. But I don't want to put a lamp or a hue bulb or something in there. I want to just be able to have it be accessible the to the standard light in there. Um, so yeah, all right. So Lightwave, that's this will be where I will go eventually. And I will say, I think for me, I think Lightwave's lights are 
good looking. Like, yeah, I think they sell them in the um, Apple store. <laughs> so there but, you go, then that's all you need to know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, the fact that it's sold in the Apple store gives you that extra degree of confidence, right? And, you mm-hmm. know, they, they have both white face plates and they've got like a stainless steel metal one. So, depending on, you know, what your decorations like in mm-hmm. various rooms, you can get them to match. Um, and the other thing I'm going to mention is that they also do smart sockets, like in wall smart yeah. sockets yeah, which those. i think is just a really nice idea for you know certain rooms where you know you you like for example a guest room where maybe you want you know like a lamp um a, just a, a not that smart lamp to come on and off mm. and maybe a, a dehumidifier or a fan or something and then you can also just have them be regular switches for guests when there are people there um so i love that idea to be honest i don't think i have a, ultimately, I don't believe I will have a, a socket in my house that will not have an extender on it. Like a Probably because we not. don't really have a lot of power sockets, so like <laughs> yeah. the idea of me having just one thing plugged in seems unlikely. Something yeah. I just noticed by going to Lightwave's re- website was is they're bringing wire-free switches to their product offering. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So they're yeah, like, so you'll be able to stick light switches in places anyway. where there are no wires. Yeah, well, I like well, you're, that. You're getting that anyway. I mean. Well, once you get set up with this, I'll, first I was going to say, um, I would just get one or two. I wouldn't do 20 as your first go at this. Make sure that you're happy with point. the technology, get a couple, yeah. and then go crazy. But yeah, um, the once you get that working, I can tell you as someone in the promised land here, it is amazing having yeah. control over all the lights over your house. And like, if you want to switch... You already understand Akara. You get an Akara switch. I just bought a sure. set of three. It was 40 bucks because my wife keeps now, now that she realizes what we can do, she's like, oh, I'd like a switch right here. So when I go to the bathroom at night, <laughs> it turns on these two lights. I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, she yeah. could do it in HomeKit, but if I, if I glue a switch to the back of her nightstand that makes her happy, you know, that's, that's cool because these things are so cheap once you get that infrastructure built in. The only thing I'll say against doing one or two to start with um, is, um, for example, if you look on the Arcara website, there's energy saving uh, on the Arcara website, on the Lightwave website, they do have energy saving bundles. Um, but I know that tradespeople can buy switches in okay. bulk at a discount. Okay. Um, and they do have like registered um, installers on their website. Um, yeah. And so it may be that if you contact an installer and you say like, I want to do my whole house, give me give me, you know, like, give me a quote that you could get a significant discount on these. Because, you know, at £80 for a, a single smart uh, dimmer, it's it's not cheap. But if you can get that down by buying in bulk and getting all of them, um, you know, that would probably be worth doing. That is a good so, pro tip. Yeah. Um, and I, I also, I feel your pain about the sockets. Yeah. Um, so my bedroom, when I bought this place, has three yeah. sockets. Not double sockets, folks. Single sockets. Mm. There are three places to plug things in in my bedroom. And one of them is in a wardrobe. Perfect. I don't know That's what the they were thinking. You want <laughs> but, like, of course I want a switch. Like, my, my kitchen also um, has, like, five. But you, between, like, the washing machine, the tumble dryer, uh, the cooker, uh, and then you've got a kettle and a toaster. That's all used up. And I also have, like, a dishwasher and a home pub mini and some other stuff in there. So it's just, we live in the world of extension leads in the UK. Uh, everything needs an extension lead. So, yeah. But the the Merrill's uh, extension leads are, are pretty good, uh, I have to say. Um, you know, I use one for my uh, Christmas stuff. That's kind of surprising to me, honestly. I just, 
it's hard for me to wrap my head around because I live in California where there's nothing that is like probably more than 60 years old here. So, yeah, I mean, our place was built in the 60s. So, yeah. like, it's not, it's not by any standards old for a UK home, but it does have some funny peculiarities like that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, my place was built in the 90s. Um, yeah. And yeah, the number of sockets is just, that's weird. I think they thought wireless was coming. I think that's it. They thought wireless was coming and they forgot <laughs> to think about the power. There yeah. we go. The, so so we're going to solve your lighting problems with these switches. What what are the other things you're you're looking at doing, Mike? Well, I mean one I, one is a thing that we can't solve right now, but it is just a thing like, you know, you mentioned um Rose, you mentioned smart locks. I want to get a smart lock, but I want to wait for a home key smart lock to be available yeah. here. Because that just seems like the the nicest way of doing it. Mm-hmm. If you um, can, yeah. Do you have multi-point yeah. locks by any chance on your doors? Little ones where you have to lift the handle to be able to lock it? Yes. Okay, I've got really bad news for you that I'm going to break to uh, you we, now, so you're not going to wait no, forever. No, that's fine. There is only is one fine. smart lock. We're going to change that door. like So it could be anything. Like the, the door, I really don't like the door. Like, yeah. yeah. The, our street door, it's one of the, it looks like a, back door right like it's like yeah. i don't know why they, they made this choice but yeah. we will get a so we'll have a bit more flexibility when we okay yeah around yeah i mean but, it's yeah, it's one of those good. things where multi-point locks the ones where you have to lift the handle to engage the lock are pretty much like a like a fairly common standard with all kinds of doors here now even doors that don't necessarily look like they would be uh so the bad news is if you go down that route at the moment um as far as i know there is exactly one lock um, or okay. rather, there's two versions of the same lock, which is the Yale Connexus, and that does not have HomeKey support, but they do have a HomeKit hub. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I have two of them. Oh, I've seen this lock. I hate the way this lock, lock looks. But uh, I know so why I it looks this it. way. It kind of like fits in with the aesthetic of that kind of door, right? But exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, exactly. So I don't love it as like a, a, a look, but I love the fact that I lift the handle and it locks. Um, yeah. and it works consistently. Um, it works really well. It notifies me well in advance when the batteries are running low. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty pleased with it, but if you can change your doors, um, then it's, yeah, it'll be good to see what else you can get because home key support yeah. over here is difficult to find at the moment, uh, even more so on those. I mean, it's everywhere though, right? I think I've only got a couple of products that actually support anywhere in the world at the moment. So yeah, yeah, but there, there are options in other countries and for other kinds of locks yeah. but not that kind of lock and very few things in this country i think some of the akara locks are going to get home key support um or yeah. have home key support already um even without home key support uh, automatic locks are are amazing they're so awesome you, know, yeah. you can get home kit supported without home key supported like i yeah. have home kit locks so I can push a button on my stream deck or or talk to my Apple Watch and my doors lock and unlock, but it's not home key. But it, I don't think it's, I think that's a little overrated, honestly, because what I do is I pull up in the driveway, I, I lift up my wrist and say, unlock the front door. And by the time I get to the front door, it's unlocked. Oh, I I have a slight upgrade for you there, David. By the oh, way, yeah. Uh, if you if you put the lock in HomeKit and then you make a template lock, so you te- or a template cover, so you tell. Uh, you make it basically into a garage door and you share that back to HomeKit, then you can unlock your front door from CarPlay because that's how I unlock my door. 
it's a fake garage in HomeKit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's something that obviously, Mike, you're not interested in using Home Assistant or anything, which is fair enough. Uh, but that is definitely something I love. The system I have works really good. And my wife, who has no interest in Home Assistant, can also do it. You know, it's like she doesn't. Oh, no, the same she thing. doesn't need to use Home Assistant. It's just a garage yeah. on yeah. the CarPlay looks like the CarPlay screen, and that's it. Yeah, but but either way, I I would say that uh yeah, don't wait too long. I mean, yeah, just getting a home kit yeah. lock is awesome. And like, you go to bed at night and you're like, did I did I lock the back door? And then you just look at your phone. If you didn't, you press the button and you can hear it. You know what? Mm, just for that, I think I might look at this Yale one because we have this thing where like. <laughs> You know, we're in bed and one of us turns to, can we lock the door? And then downstairs you go, yep, the door was locked. So maybe just for that, I could at least get this as like a, a like a piece of, like a, you know, a, a, an, an in-between at least. Because I said this, this Yale one, it's not, oh, no, it's 200 pounds. It's not wild i mean if i used it for like five years which i actually think is likely then that would that would oh, it'll totally out. be worth it if you're thinking five yeah. years i mean oh yeah definitely every time my dog sees a dog on tv she goes crazy and then she goes outside to look behind the wall that the tv's on mm-hmm. to see if there's a dog out there so we're constantly unlocking the back door and uh almost every night i go to bed and i check the lock status in HomeKit. I mean, I, I have a suggestion. I, I know okay. you do. Tiny suggestion. Okay. <laughs> no, so my suggestion is, uh, so I have a button by my bed, which is the button that I press when I'm in bed, which turns off other lights, sure. starts the dimming on the bulbs and stuff by, by my bed and so on. Um, but I also have uh, a light strip under the bed in my bedroom, which is usually like I've got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. I just need some light so I can see, so I don't fall over my slippers or whatever it is that's on the floor. Um, but, um, if my door or any of my doors are unlocked, when I press that button, that light turns red. And you can do this by converting a HomeKit automation to shortcuts, uh, to a shortcut in in the Home app. Um, you can just say, "Hey, if um, if you know if this lock is unlocked, turn turn the light red. If this lock is unlocked, turn the light red. Uh, repeat. Um, you know, and that that is something where if you can have a small indicator light somewhere that you can you know see it." Um, when you're in bed, then like when you do the I'm going to bed thing, then HomeKit can just tell you without you having to think. And if it doesn't do that, you know, A, you can double check it if you want to, but y- you know that it, it it's nothing's unlocked and you're good to go. Yeah. And and the advantage of doing that in Home Assistant would be you could set a timer on it because the if the back door is constantly getting unlocked, it's going to you're going to get a lot of false positives, yeah. you know. I mean, I just have it light up red when uh, when I'm going to bed. Like that that scene that I always run when I go to bed by pressing that button. Yeah. That's how that happens. Yeah, a couple other ways you could solve this problem is you could probably just put it on a timed automation where at a certain time it just locks the door. Like every night at 11 p.m. it just locks the door. Whether you know. Yeah, with a multi-point lock, you can't do that because you have to lift the handle to engage it. Um, the Yale Connexus uh. is kind of smart, kind of dumb. Um, when you lift the when you lift the handle, it locks. It's as simple gotcha. as that, um, but it's got a thumb turn on the inside, so it's easy to unlock it again to go back out. For mine, that would yeah. work. But the, you know, everybody's got these different situations. But yeah. I, we do hear from people all the time listening to the show who are like, "Hey, you guys talk about these locks. I, I don't feel comfortable putting that on my front door. You know, it's too insecure. Blah blah blah." But we also hear from 
from uh, law enforcement people who tell us, you know, locks are for the honest people. You know, the crooks will get yeah. in past the lock and you just and, break a window. Yeah, exactly. Breaking a yeah, window like, is way easier. So, so the yeah. door that my yeah. Connexus locks are on, uh, both of them are just panes of glass. Like if somebody yeah. wants to get in, there is a much easier they way than in. trying to break through yeah. the lock. The so. one, the one thing I have on the Connexus, looking at it here, is it doesn't seem to have a key. Like in the no, case of the No, it has um, NFC tags, cards, um, stickers, okay. whatever. Um, but, but in there the is sense no of the battery running out, it needs to have one of those like nine volts pressed against the side of it kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, on the works? bottom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I'll just put, you know, you get like uh, those fake rocks. You put a key in, just put a battery in it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I put I put a battery um, inside of my uh, meter box um, yeah, because that's on go. the outside, um, and you know, like they're fairly easy to open if you need to get into the meter box. So yeah, yeah I've just got one in there, uh, which also helps protect it a little bit from the elements because batteries don't love it when they get super no. cold. And you don't want that, right? In the moment where you can't get in your home, you're like, aha, don't worry. Don't worry, darling. I've prepared with the battery and the battery's yeah. leak battery acid. Yeah. It's not Yeah. Not I mean, look. it does warn you way. It feels like it's very alarmist in like, oh, the battery is low. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but at the same should, time, I, mean, I then just replace it immediately because, yeah. okay, like you may still have 50% battery, but I'm going to trust you that it says it's low and replace it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my worry on these things is always like you're on vacation, right? And then that's when it goes and you're in the way back. So I tested with one of my locks because okay. um, uh, like, so I have two um, on like a pair of doors um, together. Um, and so I, I left one. I replaced one immediately and I left the other one. And two months later, it was still telling me it had low battery. That's so good. unless you go on holiday for a really long time, Mike, I think you'll be okay. I don't well who knows what my future if I'm going on holidays for more than a, than a, two months then like I'm good you know what I mean I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking I'm fine I have yeah. a quick question this might be a silly question it's I, I almost feel ridiculous saying this you get two handles right in one package the, the outside and the inside yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. Because they don't show that on the page I'm looking at here. And I'm like, I feel silly asking this, but yeah. you never know when it comes to smart home technology if they want to double charge you. But all right. I, this might be the biggest, most immediate thing that this episode will give me because I think I'm going to just do this because I think this looks great for what I need right now. Because you can actually just use it with Bluetooth. Um, if yeah. you wanted to on your phone, or you can get the Yale HomeKit Hub, um, which will then let you obviously integrate it um, to HomeKit, which is what you really want. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it it's just one of those things where I was looking and because I live in a flat, I can't just replace the doors. Um, like I'm sure if, if I wanted to, I could, but like it, it would be difficult and I'd have to like check to make sure that what I was replacing it was okay. And because they're patio doors, like any patio door is going to have the same kind of locking system over here. Um, unless it's just not got a lock, in which case I would lose the ability to go outside because I wouldn't be able to open it because it would just be a window. So um, yeah, I, I just went with, um, you know, the the Conexus. And honestly, you know, it's fine. Uh, it, it works well. Um, I got, I used, I had, I had help from my dad with replacing one of them and I did the other one by myself. Um, and you know, it wasn't that tricky to do. Um, so like, I'm sure you can do it and, or the, like the local locksmith, uh, will also be happy to help you out with it if you like. I also do have the, the keyless, um, lock, um, from Yale, um, which, um, is on my front door, uh, cause that's got a, a combination that you can type in 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and I like that one as well. Um, and it, again, it, it works, works well for me. So there is a, there's definitely some benefits to, uh, to, uh, home automation stuff yeah. when it comes to the, I'm in bed. Did I lock the door? I'm hearing a weird noise downstairs. What is that? You can check the camera, you can check the lock and you know, you can stay toasty and warm in bed. Well, getting back to the lighting thing, that's another huge advantage. If you're in bed and you hear something, you can push one button and light up the whole house because you've got the whole thing wired. And I'd recommend just getting a bunch of those Akara pushes, push buttons. You can stick them anywhere. And once your mm-hmm. lights are in your home kit, then you can you can trigger them with those buttons. And it's massively useful. This episode of Automators is brought to you by DocParser. DocParser is the most advanced and flexible cloud-based document parsing and automation tool on the market. With DocParser, you can extract data from your frequently used documents such as PDFs, Word docs, and scanned image files. This data can then be sent anywhere. You can download it to Excel, CSV, JSON, or XML. Use native integrations such as Google Sheets and Salesforce, or make use of third-party favorites such as Zapier, Integromat, or MS Power Automate to connect hundreds of endpoint options. DocParser also has templates for invoices, purchase orders, bank statements, HR forms, and shipping orders. Or you can build your own document capture data extractor within minutes. DocParser's engine extracts relevant data fields from your documents based on parsing rules which are tailored to your needs. Creating your own rules for their PDF and document parser is so easy and requires no coding. DocParser identifies and extracts data using zonal OCR technology, advanced pattern recognition, or with the help of anchor keywords. Once set up, new documents are automatically processed and you'll get structured and easy to handle data in return. Listeners of this show get an exclusive offer for a free parser assistant where you'll work with someone at DocParser to create a custom parser of your own. This usually costs $149. Just visit docparser.com slash automators or send an email to contact at docparser.com with your documents and the data points you would like to extract and they will build a parser for you. Once again, that's docparser.com slash automators to find out more and get a free parser assistant. Our thanks to DocParser for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so we've been talking about some of the stuff Mike's working on, some of the stuff Mike wants. I feel like for this last segment, Rose and I each both did make a strong suggestion to Mike. I, I don't want to say it's an assignment because I don't want to make you spend money that you don't want to. But but as you're setting up your home kit, we'd like to each give you an assignment. And and I didn't even tell Rose I was going to do this. So we're kind of just making this one up as we go okay. and fly. But you, you good with that? I love it. All right. I am going to say you need to explore mood lighting for your house. Um, there's a variety of products. You already said you have one strip light, but um, I think Hue is one of the best vendors for this. Uh, there's also the vendors that make the cool lights that go behind your television set. But now that you've got your own space and you have a couple mm-hmm. plugs, I know you don't have mm-hmm. as many as I do. <laughs> um, I think you can really get a lot more out of your home automation when you get to walk in a room and like light up some special artwork or make your TV colors match what you're watching on TV. And there's a variety of products. They're all HomeKit compatible. You can get them off Amazon today and you can really up your game with automation. Love it. Are you yeah. interested? 
I am interested because okay. this is something that will make Adina very happy. She's she likes she keeps saying what I want in our house is multiple layers of lighting, and I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll work it out. All right, yeah, like yeah, you know, she's like, what I like in hotels is they have like, like you know, she says they have light on the ceiling, but then there's light on the wall, and then light on the deck. Like, so we're we're working on that, but that's a good one. Mood lighting. Okay, so right now the the fish is nibbling on the hook, Rose. Now we got to reel them in. All right, let's let's give them some ideas. So my uh, my specific recommendation based on something that David said there, Mike, is because David said, mm-hmm. you know, like reflecting the the colors that are on TV is Philips have um, the hue gradient strips. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you like these, they also do gradient strips for the computer. So you can set this up in your studio as well. Um, and the idea is it's mm-hmm. a, a light strip that you can stick on the back of your TV, but they also do light bars that you can put on little stands by the side of your TV. Um, and the idea is they just point at the wall and they they reflect the light that's on the TV. Um, and those lights are really good for ambient lighting as well as the TV integration. Um, just okay. it, it works exceptionally well. So I had the gradient strip for a while and then my TV died, which was very inconsiderate and inconvenient of it. So I upgraded to a Philips Ambilight TV. Now, the Ambilight TV itself does not integrate with HomeKit, but it does integrate with their ambient lighting stuff. And oh my gosh, it's really good. I love it. I love it so much. Um, so yeah, oh. I ha- that's my very specific recommendation on that front. Now, doesn't that require a box too? Yeah. So um, if you if you go with the the gradient strip uh, and you're connecting it to a TV, then you you or or the play bars, you'll need the the play sync box. Um, and um, other than that, um, if you've got um, like the right kind of Philips TV, then you can just connect stuff directly to it via the hub um, that you likely already have. Uh, but yeah, it honestly, I didn't notice any visual lag or anything with the with the the PlaySync box. So it's definitely worth uh, looking into. So yeah, I yeah, just one of those things where the Philips stuff works really well. And especially because this is tying into some to a hub that you've already got, Mike, I feel like that might be might be yeah. a good option. Okay. Uh, some others that I would recommend from Philips is the uh, the light strips they have. Um, they're called a uh, smart light two pack. It's like a little like twelve inch bar, and mm-hmm. you can lay it on the ground. I'm trying to get the exact product name madly as we talk here, but it, it is a it's a bar that also plugs in through the Hue system. And you can put them behind artwork. You know, like you've been in my place. I've got some of these little Star Wars statues. And I put these bars behind them. And when you walk in the room at night and they're lit from behind, they look amazing. And these things are not that expensive compared to a lot of the Hue products. And if you get some of those and place them around your house, you can really do something fun with them. Um uh, some other ones I would recommend are any of the home kit strips. Like if you have a you have a kitchen now. If you just lined one of those strips under the kitchen cabinet, in fact, that's on my list. I just haven't done it yet for my house. Yeah. You can put those color strips under there. And then as you get more adept with your home kit setup, you can actually have the color strip signal things. Like maybe if the door is unlocked, maybe the the strip turns red under the, you know, the the kitchen cabinet or something like that. So you mm-hmm. can do a lot of fun stuff with that when you get into it. Uh, it's interesting though, both Rose and I, I think are, are in favor of Hue for these, these Philips Hue products. I'm not sure if there's Hue any stuff. others I would recommend. Uh, I've, uh, I'm, we're big fans of Hue. Like, and I've already got all the hub and all that stuff. So like I, we have a bunch of Hue stuff now. 
So I like to just keep adding into that system. Yeah, that light strip I was talking about is called the Philips Hue Play, P-L-A-Y. And okay. they have white ones, but they also have colored ones. So you can pick. Yeah, and I've uh, I've put a link to one of the bundles of the Play stuff in the show notes. Um, but uh, folks should note that obviously you need to pick like the gradient strip depending on the size of your TV and, and things like that if that's what you're looking for. But it gives you a link to find all of the different parts for the bundle. Um, so hopefully that will be useful, but yeah, Meros is another light strip that I would recommend if you need like long light strips because they do 20 meter ones. Um, but honestly, the reason, one of the reasons why I recommend hue for lighting is because, um, the color and the brightness options are something that, you know, the color will always match. Um, and the, you can get really bright smart bulbs. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm not sure about your home, Mike, um, but some homes in the UK, um, I'm not quite sure what they were thinking and and how many um, you know forests they were planning on burning to have one light bulb in the middle of the room, um, or if they were fine living in a spider infested you know haven um, for you know creepy crawlies or something. But it feels like if you just put one light in the middle of the room, then everything's going to be really dark everywhere else. So being mm-hmm. able to get a decently bright bulb is well worth it. Um, though obviously you're going to be going with the smart light switches for that. Um, so yeah, Merrill's light strip is a uh, a follow-up recommendation if you need longer ones. That's the one that I have stuck underneath the bed because it can go all the way around the bed with leftovers um, so that I can see uh, when, you know, it's the middle of the night. You know, the, the one thing Philips isn't doing very well right now that I'd like to see them is make a product to light like artwork on the wall, you know, like gallery lighting kind of stuff that you could connect to HomeKit. And I've been kind of looking because we're, we're putting more artwork up at our house and I haven't really found any acceptable products for that. I feel like that's something that that Hugh would be good at if they did it. Mm, yeah, um, you can definitely get lights from IKEA, which of course with the IKEA Hub will integrate with HomeKit that do things like that. I have some. Uh, I actually stuck them on my bed, but they're they're designed to like put on a shelf, um, at, like above something, and then like shine light down onto what is um underneath. But you could also use it to light up artwork or similar, um, in, in that sense. Um, so mm. yeah, there's definitely options out there. But uh, I think it's one of those things that when when it gets to stuff like that, people tend to buy the dumb one a smart plug rather than um, the smart light, which costs 20 times the price. Yeah. Well, either way, Mike, I think uh, some mood lighting would be fun. And it's kind yeah. of a, you don't have to do it all at once. You know, you can just uh, start start small and then see where it goes. I like to look for places in the house that have like, like where a strip light would fit. Like I'm getting ready to put up a shelf in my uh, studio and I was thinking, well, I'll put a strip light at the back of the shelf facing up the wall so I can light the stuff I put on it from behind because that looks cool. Mm. But why not put one at the front of the shelf too? And then I could independently light them and do all kinds of fun effects with it, you know? But yeah, just start mm. being a uh, explore with it. But that, that so that's my recommendation. Rose, what do you think Mike should do? What, what's your... Uh, What's your request? Well, uh, my suggestion is going to be to look into um, heating and air. Um, because, uh, I mean, over here in the UK, we, we tend not to have air conditioning in homes uh, because uh, we're British. We will keep calm and carry on regardless, um, even when perhaps we shouldn't. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, smart heating in particular, um, being able to co- individually control like radiator thermostats in a room, um, or um, the control ace whole home's heating system 
um, is definitely something worth looking at. And um, to tie this back into what we were talking about earlier with the smart light switches, Lightwave actually integrates with some of the smart heating systems. Okay. So you may find that a slightly dumber already integrated heating system in your home could integrate with Lightwave. Um, and if not, then there's options with like Akara radiator controllers, mm -hmm. various different options and things like that. Um, and then tying that into, you know, some air purifiers and smart fans for the summer so that you can, you know, cool things down and circulate air as needed is definitely, it's not something where you're just going to do this overnight, um, but it's really nice to be like, oh, I'm on my way home. I'm going to turn up the bedroom thermostat now because it's cold out there. Yeah, we have, um, from the previous owners, our upstairs radiators are controlled by a Nest, uh, which is oh, fine. Nice. Um, but we and we have underfloor heating downstairs now, and, but I think we might be able to change out some stuff to actually get it to be Wi-Fi controllable, hopefully home controllable. But we, this is just like one of those strange things of buying somebody else's home is that I don't actually have all the answers to what system they put on the floor. So we're still working that yeah. one out, uh, and then we'll see what we can put in its place. Yes. Um, if it helps, I believe, and this is going purely from memory, that Meros came out with a thermostat for underfloor heating that's HomeKit mm. compatible. Mm. Now, obviously, okay. it depends on the underfloor heating system, etc. Caveats apply, uh, but it's certainly worth uh, investigating um, as an option because I, do, I know that there are underfloor heating thermostats for HomeKit available, other than that, I also know a friend with um, an underfloor heating system that it turns out is Honeywell, and that integrates with Lightwave. Um, so okay. uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, you we may actually be able to tie some of this stuff in. Um, and uh, yeah, I've heard of the Nest stuff. Um, obviously, when when um, people say Nest, it, it it brings up the image of the uh, the Google um, thermostat um, in in mind, but. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed there'll be a way to upgrade to something that is a little bit more HomeKit friendly in the not too distant, fu not too distant future and hopefully at a not too exorbitant cost as well because that's the problem with buying a house, mm -hmm. right? It's 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 not quite the same as a boat in that it's a hole to pour money into, but it certainly feels like it eats a lot of money. Well, it can. I mean, you know, we're planning to be here for a long time, so a lot of this stuff, exactly. like the nest, the nest is working great. Like we don't really need to change it. Like eventually it's like, well, I would like to have it into HomeKit um just uh, or have a product in home kit uh and you know really we're using one of it's one of the older nests so like eventually that we would want to change that too so who knows right but it's one of those things we'll, we'll just have to check as time goes on and that's the promise of matter right that in yep. a year or two the stuff should be easier and cheaper because there'll be mm -hmm. competition and you don't have to like look for all the magic logos when you go to buy something and uh i really hope that all comes true yeah, same. Um, the good news is, is I went on the Merrill's website and I have just found the um, the uh, smart thermostat for electric underfloor heating. So uh, there will be a link to that in the show notes for folks if anybody is uh, interested, because it feels like there's going to be more than one person who's got this uh, request uh, or problem that they may be wanting to solve. Um, I've also found that they actually have a uh, smart light switch, which I may have to investigate as an option for my parents because I didn't realize that Merrill's had come out with a UK-EU light switch. Um, so uh, certainly an option worth considering there. Well, either way, what we didn't tell everybody is this is a two-part 
episode that this is part <laughs> one and then in yep. a year or two mike's coming back for part two and i'm to gonna tell, tell you how I'm, how I'm ready for homebridge you know yeah how he's the master <laughs> of his domain yes well one thing i will actually just say if if folks are looking and they're going oh i'm not sure like maybe i should try homebridge or home assistant i i would suggest home assistant over homebridge um just because yeah. they are like it, it's designed as a whole system by itself. So you can pull everything into Home Assistant and then just send the bits back to HomeKit that you want in HomeKit. So for example, I have smart plugs on my, my washing machine, my tumble dryer, my dishwasher. I never, ever, ever want these turned off. They are there for energy monitoring so that then I can get notifications when my washing machine, my tumble dryer, my dishwasher are finished. But um, so I don't share those to HomeKit because this way, if I accidentally say, hey, Apple lady, turn everything off, my washing machine is not going to turn off mid-cycle. Um, and uh, yeah, the, there's monthly releases they're working on. They've already got matches support, thread support, things like that. So yeah, I, I definitely go home assistant. I've also never had like the default rooms where everything shuffles around in HomeKit and it's all suddenly in a default room, um, happen with home assistant, but it happened fairly frequently with Homebridge for me. So, uh, yeah, certainly worth considering, uh, as an option if you do look for upgrades, but I don't think you need to, uh, at least not yet, Mike. I, I do think that people make the mistake of grouping those two. They're like, oh, Homebridge, Home Assistant. I, I don't want any of that stuff. To me, there's like on difficulty level, um, you know, one of 10, let's say HomeKit is like a two, Home Assistant is like a four or five, and Homebridge is like a seven to nine. <laughs> and, and Homebridge, in my experience working with it, was unstable, which is no fun because you don't want to have to redo it or have it break. Whereas Home Assistant, I've been using it not as much as Rose. I've only been using it now three months, but it it's stable and it works. Okay. And so, but but you don't need to start there. I, I feel like if no. you just get this stuff set up, you're talking about you're you're way ahead of the game. And then, like if you want to start putting complex rules in, then you start talking about apps. We didn't even get into that today, but we'll get to that next time. And uh, but there are some great Home Kit apps that don't require you to install Home Assistant, but still give you a lot of the control you get from Home Assistant. And then even if that's not enough, then I think you go to Home Assistant, which is kind of awesome too, but not necessary for everybody. No, definitely not, though. I have to say, I so uh, in, in the Zoom conversation that we are uh, using for um, this recording, I have just pasted like uh, what the picture of what the trace is so I can see exactly what happened when one of my automations fired. Oh, and I can see exactly when it, it, it fired. And the fact that I can look at this and be like, hey, like what went wrong somewhere or what happened somewhere why did it do this thing that's what i love um but you can you can work around that with something like home log for home kit at least you know to mm-hmm. start with until you come you come back i can go okay i'm I'm ready for the next level hmm. can can you talk me into doing this thing at which point challenge accepted and you're welcome on anytime you like thank you so much all right either way uh, you can find Mike over at a little website called Relay.fm. Uh, Mike, where else should people look for you? It's a good website, Relay FM. There's some good podcasts there. Uh, I also make uh, some physical products um, at the moment, notebooks of various uh, descriptions over at cortexbrand.com. Yes. In fact, I want to call out the sidekick. That's your latest one. Oh, yeah. Mine just got delivered yesterday, and I was admiring it. I bought two of them because I thought, well, I'm going to go through one. I'll just have a, a spare 
And my wife looked at it, took one look at it. She never wants, she's never interested in the stuff I buy. She's like, oh, I need that. So excellent. So uh, the Good second taste. one has been sent off with her. And uh, it's a great, it's a little uh, pad of paper you stick underneath your keyboard. It's got a to do list on there, but it fits. It's longer uh, horizontally than it is vertically. So it fits perfect. And yep. it also doubles as a kind of a nice wrist rest, I realized. Yep. I've been mm-hmm. trying it, it out. Does. Nice thing. Sidekick notepad. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, I just like to call out the penultimate page uh, because the time zones, uh, so useful for me. Oh, thank you. So useful for me. It's a little detail we didn't mention too much, but there's a time zone conversion chart in the back. It's that that back page could not be used. uh, So it's 60 usable pages and then one kind of page, it's, it's part of the binding. And you wouldn't be able to tear it off. So I was like, well, we'll put our specs on the back and then a time zone conversion chart. And then I got the, it's got the nice little made in Britain the made in Britain mm-hmm. logo. Very nice. Yep. The whole thing. Yeah. It's so satisfying to tear off and also so sad because I love the paper quality, but you know, it's nice. I love using it. And I want to thank our sponsors today, electric LinkedIn and doc parser. We are the automators podcast. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. You can find the forums at talk.automators.fm and we'll see you next time. Goodbye folks. <laughs>